At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare this is the look ahead with scott seidenberg on vsin the sports betting network Back here on The Look Ahead, I'm Scott Seidenberg on VCND Sports Betting Network. Always on Twitter at Scott's On Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. And uh, great conversation with Pamela Maldonado there about, um, you know, bankroll management, unit size. And, um, you know, when it comes to that, I, I did mention uh, the tweet that I, you know, the exchange I had with somebody on Twitter who was complaining that I don't give out unit size with my play of the day bets. Um, and, and, and I'll explain again. The reason why I don't do that is because it, it's, on, it's on you to be responsible as a better. And I don't want to be responsible for your bankroll. If you're only comfortable betting a half a unit a game, then bet a half a unit. If you're comfortable betting three units, bet three units. You bet what you're comfortable betting. I put out a play, and I give you my analysis on the play. I have my record and the units that I've bet personally on these games because sometimes my unit size differentiates. Sometimes I will actually bet 2.5 units on a game. Sometimes I'll bet 0.75 units. It depends. I vary. I have my spreadsheet, which I, you know, I showed, I got my spreadsheet here that has what I bet with, what, I have my units here, and then I have general units, which is like if we were to play just one unit on every game, because that's the reference point that I guess, the, you know, this listener wanted to see. So there it is. The play of the day in Major League Baseball this season is 53-29-2 as of June 29th going into June 30th. If you were to wager just one unit on every game, only one unit, which is basically you're risking, let's say, one point. If it's a minus 125, you're risking 1.25 to win one. And if it's a plus money, you're risking one to win more. You're up 18.14 units right now. On this baseball season. No, I can tell you me personally, my, my personal number is a little bit higher than that. Because like I said, I've done multiple unit bets. Um, I've obviously lost more on some multi-unit bets. I had a multi-unit bet on the Dodgers first five yesterday. Guess what? That was a loser. 
That was a bad loss, too, man. Clayton Kershaw was awful. I still can't get over that. Not because it was like a bad beat or anything, but like, dude, I did not see that coming. <laughs> you know, at the, I, didn't, I didn't see Kershaw getting rocked. That was like the first time he gave up six runs in a start in years. Anyway, Dodgers got revenge today. But uh, I will tweet out the updated records here after tomorrow's plays. Once June is concluded, I'll kind of do an assessment here of where we are after the month of June, right? So we've gone through, you know, the first day of the season was, you know, April 7th was the first day. I can tell you on April 7th, we had Astros' first five innings minus a half a run. We laid minus 130, and we won. That was the April 7th, first day of the Major League Baseball season. There have been 84 days of the Major League Baseball season. We have had a play of the day for every single one of them. And right now, 53, 29, and 2 on the record, plus 18.14 units. We're going to continue to grind it out. We've just lost two in a row. It happens. I can tell you going back to my history, um, I have lost three in a row one time. That's it. One time. Going back May 1st, May 2nd, and May 3rd. Three straight losses. That's, that's it. It's the only time I've ever lost three straight. So we'll try to bounce back with a win here on, coming up on Friday. But variance happens. So for anybody that's tweeting out, what's the ROI? Right? You got to tell people what the ROI is. Here it is. 18.14 units. I'm Scott Sadenberg. You hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Uh, we're going to do a lot of football coming up here. Um, I got Chris Landry, former, uh, well, current uh, scout, uh, formerly of the Cleveland Browns and the Tennessee Titans. He worked at LSU as well. Uh, he's a consultant now for pretty much every NFL team and, and the majority of the college uh, football programs. Going to talk to Chris about stuff going on in the NFL. The biggest story is obviously Deshaun Watson and the disciplinary hearing that is now going to stretch into Thursday. So three days now. This is I did I did not expect this. I'll be honest. I really thought that this thing was going to get wrapped up in a day because the NFL suggested their suspension. Watson's denying everything. The independent arbiter is going to be like, bro, I ain't believing this evidence. This was There was wrongdoing here. You're suspended indefinitely. And then maybe Deshaun Watson would come back with an appeal or apply for reinstatement or whatever. But now there's just back and forth here of what's going on. I, I don't know what to happen here. There's no, Apparently, there is no timetable for Judge Sue Robinson to come to a decision once the hearing ends and the union or the league can appeal the decision and then it goes to commissioner Roger Goodell or he will designate somebody to hear the appeal. And then after that, they will quote issue a written decision that will constitute full final and complete disposition of the dispute. That is according to Article 46 of the Collective Bargaining Agreement, as written on ESPN.com. So, I don't know what could be going on in this hearing. Watson has settled 20 of the lawsuits already. 
So I'm sure that his attorney is, you know, Rusty Harden, I believe, is his attorney, is saying, hey, we've settled these cases. There's no criminal charges, right? Two grand juries in Texas declined to pursue criminal charges. The, but it doesn't have to be a criminal charge for the NFL to suspend you. The NFL could simply dispen- dis- uh, suspend you for, you know, just, just the behavior, conduct detrimental, right? And this conduct is detrimental. This is this is uh, conduct that cannot be tolerated by the NFL. Sexual misconduct or you know sexual deviancy or uh, of any time can be is um, <laughs> just not conduct that is uh, condoned. So I just I don't know. What's taking so long? He's going to get suspended. We all believe and understand and accept that he's going to get suspended. And the only thing that I can think of is that Deshaun Watson, first off, he has to know he's getting suspended. But I get I guess his attorney is saying we're pushing for no suspension. Because, like, that's what you do. This is a negotiation process, right? So the NFL says one year, Watson says zero. And which side balks first? Does the NFL then come back and say, all right, well, let's make it six games. And then Watson agrees. Or does the NFL stay firm that it's going to be a year at least, and Watson says, I'll accept eight games. I'll accept half a season. You mark, you push this down to a half season right now, I will drop this appeal and we accept eight games. And then it's up to the NFL. That, I think, is the likely scenario that occurs. And then we have to start thinking about what it means for the Cleveland Browns and what does it mean for the futures market. And for them and their win total and their projection in the division and their hopes to go to the playoffs, if Deshaun Watson misses not the entire season, if he's back after eight games. So let's look at the first eight games for the Cleveland Browns. Panthers, Jets, Steelers, Falcons. Those are the first four games. Those are winnable games. Chargers, Patriots, Ravens, Bengals. That's a much more difficult four-game stretch. So can we say, let's conservatively, you know, let's just say they're four and four. Would that be, that's probably the best case scenario anyway. So let's call them four and four after eight games. Now Watson comes back. Dolphins, Bills, Bucks, Texans. Bengals, Ravens, Saints, Commanders, Steelers. Can they get five wins out of that group? Well, Steelers, probably, yeah. Commanders, probably, yeah. Texans, probably, yeah. You steal a win, maybe, from like a Saints or a Ravens team, especially if you have Deshaun. And then you're going to have to steal a win from maybe the Bengals or the Bucks or the Bills. Or the Dolphins. I mean, the schedules gets harder after those first four games. But if Watson's back for the final, for the second half of the season, 
it could be possible that they win five or six of those games or whatever and find themselves in the playoffs. It's an interesting discussion. We'll have more of it coming up, though. I'm Scott Sadenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. We're going to get back into Major League Baseball. Coming up next, Greg Peterson will join me on the program. We'll talk about some of the games that we saw here on Wednesday. Take a look at the baseball board for Thursday. It's coming up next with me, Scott Sadenberg, and Greg Peterson. Here on The Look Ahead on v the Sports Betting Network. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The look ahead on VSN, the sports betting network. Back on the look ahead, I'm Scott Seidenberg on VSN, the sports betting network. Let's get back into the Major League Baseball conversation as we welcome in Greg Peterson, host of the Greg Peterson experience and oftentimes sitting in right here on the look ahead on VEASAN. And you can listen to the baseball betting show, the podcast available on VEASAN.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, Greg, uh, no Texas Roadhouse tonight. I didn't see a tweet. I didn't see a picture, man. Where was the steak? Can Greg hear me? Maybe he can't hear me. Maybe maybe he's having uh, too much. He's full. He's full with steak. All right. Maybe he's maybe he's full with the steak. I see Greg tweeting it out all the time. He's uh the the guy he's well. Good for him. I, I said I joked, he probably has like a standing reservation. You know, he walks up there and they're like, Ah, Mr. Peterson, the usual table today. You know, he's 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 a big timer. All right, let's welcome in Greg Peterson back with us. Uh, I, I said you have a standing reservation at the steakhouse, Greg. So I wondered if you were there. I didn't see any tweets with the photos tonight, so I guess no steak tonight. Not tonight. We wound up going a little bit earlier in the week. You can't enjoy it if you wind up going every single night. And <laughs> I mean, what, right as you said that, my AirPod wound up dying out, so my AirPods need some steak now too. Yes, exactly. Fe- make sure you feed those AirPods. Uh, let's talk baseball. What did you make of uh, Sandy Alcantara's performance here in a game against the Cardinals? Full disclosure, I lost the first five um, thanks to Jesus Sanchez dropping a ball in the outfield. But the Marlins were able to come from behind, get a win for Sandy. 
who pitched really well. The only runs he gave up were because of a ground ball error by Cooper in the in, in, at first base and the drop fly ball by Sanchez in the outfield. This is a guy who still is the front runner in the National League for the Cy Young race. It was incredible, and let me tell you, it was so refreshing to see Don Mattingly stick with him because men wound up getting on base in the ninth inning. This was not one of those one, two, three sort of ordeals. It's not like he necessarily had the world's most comfortable pitch count because going into that ninth inning, he wound up having 107 pitches. Don Mattingly decided, yeah, you know what? My bullpen, it's not very good. Sandy Alcantara is by far my best option to be able to get the final outs of this game, be able to preserve the win, in which... The Marlins needed a home run in the ninth inning, if I remember correctly, yep. to be able to get the lead because they were down 3-2 to two going into that ninth inning. So I was very impressed by it. Sandy Alcantara and Joe Musgrove, I feel like, should be 1-2 and two in the National League Cy Young race. If you wind up having Musgrove number one instead of Alcantara, I wouldn't have any qualms about it. But I feel like those two guys are the clear one and two. Tony Gonsolin has had a relatively solid year as well. Would like to see a little bit more out of him, but an impressive performance. And you've got Sandy Alcantara number one in your Cy Young ballot. I certainly have no issue with that because he has been incredible all season long. Yeah, he's the best pitcher in baseball, in my opinion, right now. Uh, Speaking of Joe Musgrove, are you surprised to see the Padres as an underdog? on Thursday night with Musgrove on the bump. I was. He did wind up having a little bit of a rough start his last time out. He wound up giving up six runs, but prior to that, 12 straight starts of at least six innings, giving up two earned runs or fewer. That's a pretty good string, and he has actually been incredible on the road. Joe Musgrove, buck 72 ERA when he is away from San Diego. Typically, you wind up hearing where a lot of these pitchers, they wind up pitching a little bit better in San Diego rather than on the road, and he's honestly been the opposite this season. And for the Dodgers, it hasn't necessarily been an overly impressive offense ever since Mookie Betts has been out of the fold. You've had Cody Bellinger have his struggles once again this season. Justin Turner, Max Muncy, guys like this have not been too terrific due to injuries. Guys like Trey Thompson have had to come into the fold now. Manny Machado being out for the San Diego Padres, that puts them in a little bit of a bind. They don't have a single guy that has given them a double-digit amount of homers. But Joe Musgrove against Mitch White just feels like a little bit of a mismatch. And while the Dodgers, I would say they have a little bit of a better bullpen, I don't know about you, but if the Dodgers have a one-run lead going into the ninth inning, I don't have any faith in Craig Kimball right now, so I like the plus price I'm getting with the Padres. I'll be playing it. Yeah, I like that as well. Uh, let's take a look at the rest of this board. We'll start with the day game, Twins and Guardians. Chris Archer against Shane Bieber. Cleveland, minus 155, a total of 8.5 here, Greg. Yeah, that 155 is starting to creep up. That's pretty much a max that I'd be willing to lay, and I would rather have a little bit more of a money line than the run line. With the Minnesota Twins, if you're going to be handicapping this game, even if you like the first five, I would encourage you to take a look at these bullpens. Chris Archer has not pitched past five innings all season long, and there's only been three instances in which he's been able to make it through five innings. So you've got to take a look at guys like perhaps a Griffin Jacks, who wound up throwing tonight but didn't throw overly many pitches. Guys like this that are probably going to be coming out of the bullpen because you're going to be seeing quite a few of them. And for the Cleveland Guardians, they did wind up having to use up Emmanuel Class A as well, but with Shane Bieber, you figure that he's going to be able to go six-plus innings. And I feel like Shane Bieber has really been a little bit more disrespected than he deserves to be because his strikeout numbers are down this year, but he's still getting nine and a half strikeouts per nine innings. He still has a sub 3-3 ERA. He's been able to do a nice job being able to not walk a lot of guys, keep the ball in the yard. And for Cleveland, they've been very, very clutch recently. Josh Naylor hitting that home run in the 10th inning for one. Thoughts and prayers if you wound up having the under in that game, along with the 
along with the Blue Jays versus Red Sox games, both of those were cataclysmic beats on the under because the ghost runner wound up dooming you there. But that said, with this Cleveland bunch, they've been able to do a good job of being able to move the line, get on base. That should cause Chris Archer to wind up coming out very early in this game. Four to five innings is what you could expect out of him. And I do think that Cleveland should be able to get it done. And I do like the under with the way that the Minnesota bullpen behind Archer has been great, has been terrible. And I do bank on Shane Bieber being able to get six plus innings in this one. Uh, Do the Phillies avoid the sweep against the Braves with Aaron Nola on the hill? I do think so. What has been strange about Aaron Nola this year is if you take a look throughout his career in Philadelphia, his ERA has been a point lower than it has been at home. And this year has been a reverse. He's got an ERA that's nearly two points lower on the road. And it hasn't necessarily been because he's just been having a bunch of guys get a bunch of hits off of him or anything like that. His opponent's batting average is actually much lower at home than on the road. He's just been a little bit of a bad luck victim with all the balls that wind up getting hit against him, winding up flying over the fence. And then you take a look at Ian Anderson, a guy that's given you nearly four walks per nine innings, just as Zappa Sharp for the Atlanta Braves all season. I will say this about Anderson. He does have a sub four ERA on the road rather than a north of five ERA at home. And the Atlanta Braves, they do have a little bit of better bullpen, but ever since Joe Girardi wound up getting canned by the Phillies, they've been much less afraid to use a lot more of their trustworthy guys outside the ninth inning. You've been noticing that Corey Knable has been used in the seventh inning. Brad Hand has been sort of a situational guy coming out of the bullpen, and I like what they've been able to do. Now, Bryce Harper being out of the fold, that has hurt this Phillies offense, as we've seen in the first two games of this series. But I do think that Nola is going to be super once again at home. I like the Philadelphia Phillies being able to bounce back, cover the money line here in what should be a game that the Phillies relatively need because you take a look at the Atlanta Braves. They have caught a lot of seeing mm-hmm. themselves recently. Greg, uh, you say Kikuchi is the new Yoan Adon. Kikuchi starts for the Blue Jays against the Rays. Is this an auto spot here for Tampa? Maybe Tampa F5, maybe a Rays team total over going up against Kikuchi. Now, as we all know, in betting in general, you're not betting teams, you're betting numbers. But if it does wind up being Jeffrey Springs, like it looks like it's going to be for the Tampa Bay Rays, I'm making the Rays a favorite, and I'd be surprised if the Toronto Blue Jays find themselves an underdog in this spot. So unless if bookmakers have made a stark adjustment on Yusei Kikuchi, and you never know, they might have, but I'd be willing to lay a small price on the Tampa Bay Rays if you do wind up getting Jeffrey Springs, because you mentioned it with Yusei Kikuchi. Not been good, and I'm putting it politely. He and Jose Barrios, by the way, in the last series that they wanted pitching against the Milwaukee Brewers, both of those guys combined couldn't make it through five innings. They would have combined <laughs> four and two-thirds innings at their starts. So, I mean, it really applies to Kikuchi and both Jose Barrios in this sort of circumstance that they typically follow up one another. But with you say Kikuchi, five walks per nine innings, he's given up a lot of hard contact. His strikeout numbers are up from a few years ago, but it does look good to get more strikeouts when you wind up giving up more runs, in my opinion. And for the Blue Jays, offense certainly has been there. Alejandro Kirk and company have been solid. And for the race, that's been a little bit of an issue. But Wander Franco coming back for the race, I like them as a little bit of a favorite if that does wind up being the line. And which Luis has the advantage, Severino or Garcia, in the one-game set that we'll see the Yankees and Astros play in Houston? 
for one, I will not get over these one-game series. They're just so lame, but Mm -hmm. that's a discussion for another day as we've got about 90 seconds, and I do like the Houston Astros. That's a very, very, very slight favorite. I made it darn near a pick-up on my handicap, minus 102 to the Astros. Right now, I'm seeing the Astros as a slight underdog, so I'll be riding there, and I'm going to be writing this one up for DK Nation, like the under. The Astros have played 66% of their games to the under. This is also a battle of bullpens number one and number two in the league in terms of ERA. Both of these teams, they're coming off of having to fly out from the state of New York. So they're sort of in the same circumstance there. I think that Garcia, who wound up having a 2-3-4 ERA at home last season, he's going to be a rated in, and Luis Severino has not been giving up a lot of contact in general. So I'm looking at the under, and I like the Astros. That's a very slight favorite. like it as well. Appreciate the time, Greg. We'll be listening to the podcast. Always appreciate it, my friend. Thank you. There he is, Greg Peterson. You catch him all across the network, hosting the Greg Peterson Experience, oftentimes sitting in right here on The Look Ahead. And, of course, the baseball betting show available, vcin.com slash podcast, wherever you get your podcasts from. You can catch Greg Peterson's lines uh, up on vcin.com as well. I'm Scott Sadenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's On Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. This is The Look Ahead. Here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Baseball predictions made brighter. Join the Born in a Ballpark Challenge presented by Blue Moon to compete free for cash all season. Enter weekly prediction pools to fight for your share of $62,500 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Blue Moon now to join the action. Blue Moon, a brighter 21 and over only terms and conditions and other eligible restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Please drink responsibly. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on air, S-C-O-T-T-S. O-N-A-I-R. That was a cool little, like, bloody screen you had there. I don't know what that was, but it was pretty cool. Pretty pretty trippy that was on there. We should probably, like, incorporate that more often. Anyway, coming up in about, uh, let's see, uh, about 15 minutes or so from now, uh, we'll talk to Jason Logan from Covers, uh, get his perspective on the Deshaun Watson saga, what is going on for the Cleveland Browns. I'll ask him the question that we talked about last night, which was, is there a number on the Browns that you would actually bet the over on? You know, like once this this once it gets reposted, which I, we assume it's going to when uh, the suspension finally gets announced. Um, and, and once again, the latest is that the hearing is going in to Thursday. So there's just no timetable for when a decision is going to be made. But I think we assume that once a decision's made, the books will reopen the markets on the Cleveland Browns. So I'll ask uh, Jason, is there a number that they could post that would make you want to bet the over on the Cleveland Browns? Uh, Maybe also get a thought or two on NBA free agency. Um, There was a a story going on here with um, Miles Bridges, who was arrested on suspicion of domestic violence, uh, a felony warrant for the 24-year-old 
who uh, suspicion of felony domestic violence. Bridges turned himself in after a physical altercation that uh, alleged that occurred on Tuesday. So now uh, we wait and see. He is going to be, he is a free agent. Um, Bridges is a guy who, you know, I'm not saying would attract a ton of money, but the way that contracts are being, you know, handed out nowadays, yeah, I mean, there's money on the table. And the Hornets, I believe, and I don't know if they, did they do this before or after the the announcement of the, the arrest? I, they, I assume it was before, but they extended the qualifying offer to Bridges. Now, I don't know what the number is for his qualifying offer. Let's see if I can get that number. But Bridges played 80 games last season, averaged 20.2 points, 7 rebounds, and 3.8 assists, 35.5 Minutes per game, he set career highs in points, rebounds, and assists per game. And uh, he opened the season earning Eastern Conference Player of the Week for the first week of the season. Finished 15th in total points. So um, Bridges is a guy also uh, ranks in amongst the NBA's top scorers in the paint. He was 6th in the NBA last season so the hornets uh extend the qualifying offer what that means is you know he's a restricted free agent so basically um by extending the offer to him he could still negotiate an agreement with another team but the hornets will have the opportunity to match that because they've extended him the qualifying offer the pacers are a team that has been linked to Miles Bridges, and um, also a report says that the Grizzlies could be a candidate for Bridges. But does it even mean anything if the Hornets are going to match any deal? And does this uh, arrest change change things? I guess we'll find out what happens. Again, NBA free agency uh, technically doesn't begin until January 6th. That's when uh, deals can be signed. However, you can start talking and negotiating Thursday night. The NBA moratorium will begin. You'll have the next couple of days. You can negotiate with, with free agents. You can come to agreements, and we're going to get all the reports, right, of all the players that have come to agreements with teams, but nothing can be done, nothing can be officially signed until January 6th. So that's the latest going on there in the NBA. Um, you know, the big story today was uh, the Atlanta Hawks getting uh, Duante Murray from the Spurs for a couple of picks, and also Danilo Gallinari. Murray was a guy that I thought was linked to the Knicks. The Knicks, of course, clearing all this cap space to try and sign Jalen Brunson. I thought it was going to be like Brunson and Murray. Well, obviously, it's just Brunson right now. At least that's what is expected. Also, James Harden uh, declined his player option. 
He could have accepted $47 million for next season, but he has declined the $47.3 million option. He will become a free agent, but he is expected to stay in Philadelphia, re-sign a deal with Philly, a deal that gives the Sixers flexibility this coming season to make some additions, notably to help with their bench. And one of the additions is expected to be P.J. Tucker. Uh, Tucker is expected to sign a three-year, $30 million deal with the Philadelphia 76ers uh, rather than stay with the Miami Heat or uh, even go back to the Milwaukee Bucks, which um, was reportedly an option. So he's going to go to Philadelphia. And then let's say Philly with this newfound, you know, wiggle room, let's call it, brings in another piece. And, and, and look, I don't know what that piece is going to be. I mean, look, Patty Mills just became, a, is going to become a free agent. Maybe the Sixers bring in Patty Mills. Uh, there's an, I'm just saying there's an opportunity now for the Sixers to go into this season a full year now of James Harden and Joel Embiid together. You have all the other attractive pieces that are on this team already, right? Maxi, Thibault, Harris. Now you get P.J. Tucker. And let's say you sign a Patty Mills or, or just another veteran that gets, you know, the veteran exemption or whatever it is. And all of a sudden, the Philadelphia 76ers don't look like a terrible bet in the futures market. The odds on the Sixers right now to win the Eastern Conference is 7-1. to one. The odds on the Sixers to win the NBA title is 15-1. to one. It's not crazy. 7-1 to one to win the East is not crazy when you consider where the Sixers even were just this past season, right? I mean, this was a team that got to the second round of the playoffs and lost to Miami when, you know, it was a 2-2 series. And they had an opportunity. I mean, Joel Embiid gets hurt in the playoffs. It changes everything, right? And James Harden, you know, he didn't really do anything. I mean, he had one game, but... Look, you now have Embiid and Harden for a full year. I'm curious to see what it looks like. I, I really am. I really am curious to see what it looks like, and I'm curious to see who they bring in besides P.J. Tucker to help, you know, deepen this team, give them more bench players, uh, something that they severely lacked last season. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Bradley Beal will be a free agent as well. He's probably the biggest name that's out there uh, in the free agent market. Um, ooh, you know who could also be a piece for the 76ers? Bobby Portis. I mean, Bobby Portis is probably going to get a nice deal from somewhere, but he did decline his $4.6 million option, he is going to be a free agent. Um, his bird rights, Milwaukee does have his bird rights, so the maximum he can sign for, four years, $49 million. We'll, we'll see. Bobby Portis is a 
nice little role player that could be very useful to a number of teams in the NBA. Well, let's talk uh, football, though. Maybe we'll get back into the NBA as well. Uh, Jason Logan from Covers will join me next. Uh, I'm going to ask him uh, about the betting market on the Cleveland Browns and a little bit on NBA free agency as well. This is The Look Ahead right here on VSIN, the sports betting network. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Scott Sadenberg back here with you. This is the. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. The VSIN Summer Special is here. For only $19, get everything VSIN has to offer from now until the end of July. So sign up today. You'll get VSIN's daily best bets, including Adam Burke's daily MLB best bets, NFL preseason coverage, premium articles on golf, UFC, USFL, and NASCAR. If you want the full VSIN experience, which features a daily best bets email, every edition of Points Red Weekly, use of our betting tools, and a live video stream whenever you want it. The cost is only $19 to be a subscriber through July 31st. Sign up now at vcin.com slash summer. Joining me now on the look ahead from covers is Jason Logan. And Jason, let's talk about the biggest story in the NFL, and that is the Deshaun Watson hearing. Uh, We don't have any decision as of yet, but I think it's safe to assume that once uh, a suspension is announced, the sportsbooks will reopen the market on the Cleveland Browns. And is there a number that they could post, like a win total number that's low enough that will make you want to bet the over? Yeah, so that, that's one thing that I did do. I kind of went through all their games and kind of pegged them with Watson for a full season. I had them pegged around 10.5 to 11 wins. Um, and then without him, I've got it sitting around maybe maybe seven wins, and maybe that's giving them a little extra. So, I mean, if it does come out super, super low, the beginning of the season is somewhat advantageous for them, and I think they can survive a few games, especially if he's only going to miss half the season. Uh, I think it's set up really, really well for them because they they are home heavy in that first eight games. Uh, kind of some of the rumblings now are that they're pushing back on a full season and possibly he only misses six to eight games. And you look at maybe even like the first four weeks, Carolina, New York, Pittsburgh, and Atlanta, 
Um, Cleveland has enough talent on both sides of the ball to kind of grind out some wins there. It may not be pretty, but they could be 4-0 right out of the gate considering the level of competition that they play. And then they have some tough ones um, against Los Angeles and New England, Baltimore and Cincinnati before the bye week, which would set up perfect for Watson to come back and then play a second half of the season, which is very, very road heavy. Um, Just three home games from week 10 to week 18. But if you have Watson back under center and the team's clicking, then it obviously it shakes down for them. But uh, it, it could be something where it's not a complete doomsday for them. They definitely have some winnable games early on. You know, when it comes to the AFC North now, with the Cleveland Browns downgraded with this situation, are you buying in on the Ravens or the defending AFC champion Bengals to take the division? I, I'm kind of leaning towards Baltimore. I'm kind of uh, leaning towards Baltimore a little bit more. I'm a big Lamar Jackson fan, and he's such a dynamic player. And, and then they do have you know a bit of a shakeup on defense. Um, you know, they they lose their longtime defensive coordinator, just kind of cut him off, and it was it was kind of a strange switch. But I think their defense is going to be less you know less heavy on the blitz and man, and you're going to see some different different uh, different looks from that defense, which is what you need to do when you're playing some of these really tough teams. Like, you know, you're going to play the Bengals twice. You could potentially be playing Deshaun Watson twice too. Um, and then I just kind of like the way that their their schedule shakes out a little better than what. Uh, Cincinnati's facing. I expect a little bit of regression from Cincinnati. They're not going to catch anyone off guard. You know, this isn't isn't the uh, the old Bengals that we know of. Mm-hmm. And um, and they face. You know, Cincinnati has a, a pretty tough strength of schedule. Uh, third overall in strength of schedule. And then I, I actually ranked out teams in terms of their QB strength of schedule. And they ranked out with one of the tougher, uh, tied for seventh in my QB strength of schedule, where, where Baltimore doesn't face uh, as many top tier QBs as them. Let's talk about that. Uh, so who has the most difficult strength of schedule based on the quarterbacks they'll be facing? Uh, yeah, so what I, what I did is I, and there's, this is not a sweet science by any mean, I just kind of went through and I ranked every quarterback one to five, and there's, you can have half value, so I have one and a half and two and a half. Essentially went through and ranked every kind of starting quarterback or quarterback situation from one to five, and then went through the schedule and kind of added up all those values. And it's not surprising, Kansas City, uh, which has the fifth overall standard strength of schedule, which is based on win percentage from last year. Uh, they finished first in my SOS, uh, my QB SOS. And, I mean, they're in the AFC West. So it's it, it's not surprising to see, like, them, mm-hmm. the Broncos, the Raiders, all up there near the top in that QB SOS. But uh, the Rams also there. They were first in strength of schedule, the toughest schedule ahead for the Super Bowl champs, second. Um, but then you see teams like Denver has the 15th overall strength of schedule, T, T2, T2nd in my QB strength of schedule. And there's a few other teams, too, like Tennessee has the 24th strength of schedule, but they're tied for fifth in my QB strength of schedule. So there's a lot of teams out there where their season win total is kind of built around that that strength of schedule has a little say in that. But when you start seeing the quarterbacks that they play against, and because much like betting on baseball uh, and starting pitcher being so important to the team's success, quarterback play in today's NFL so so important to the team's success so there's a lot of teams there that that their their strength of schedule may look a little soft but they're going to run into some top tier quarterbacks out there what about the easiest schedule against quarterbacks yeah so there's there's a few that where it kind of doesn't match up and a team like New Orleans is one where its strength of schedule was seventh but then its QB strength of schedule was only 22nd and Arizona as well was another team that had um, a really high SOS in terms of their their standard strength of schedule, 
uh, second overall, actually, but 17th in QB strength of schedule. So uh, I, I look at the, and that's another suspension we're waiting on, too, with Alvin Kamara and what's going to happen with him and how that's going to impact the, the Saints. And the Saints are one of these teams that I kind of have my eye on here, and I'm expecting bigger things from them. But uh, again, waiting on some, we're waiting on some, uh, some court rulings and NFL rulings. So, while I have you, I want to uh, switch gears, Jason, and talk about the NBA for a minute. Um, free agency mm-hmm. is going to begin this weekend. Obviously, uh, moves are being made. The New York Knicks and the Pistons uh, doing another deal uh, as the Knicks are trying to free up cap space, presumably to bring in uh, Jalen Brunson. Uh, yeah. To me, this doesn't make a lot of sense, but. I will preface that by saying the the space that the Knicks are creating makes me think that there's more than Jalen Brunson on the horizon. Do you think that that's the case here and there's somebody else that they're going to bring in as well? I have to think so. Brunson for me, like while while I admire his play and his guttiness, like he he succeeded in a weird system there in Dallas. And he's a guy that's an okay outside shooter, but with, was fantastic at muscling his way and getting inside. And that team in Dallas played basically, well, you could say a five-guard set. They had a big man on the floor, but they stretched it so much that the, the you know they didn't have a true center. The guys out on the wing, there was so much room for Jalen Brunson to kind of operate. You're playing alongside Adonich. You're, you're drawing the second-best defender, and then you're getting advantageous switches as well, too. So I think he was... Well, he's a great player. I think he's very much a product of that system, and I don't know if he thrives in that same... In a, in a setup where you, you're going to have guys that want to play close to the basket, and you're not going to have that space. Um, and then there's a lot of guys like Zach Levine's out there. If you want to throw some money at Zach Levine, it sounds like he's going to go back to Chicago, but this is a guy that, that is definitely kicking the tires on the free agent market. And if you can, if you can wow him, he's a guy that can come in and generate a ton of points. Uh, he's, done, he's done great to develop his, his perimeter game and his outside game as well. Uh, he's just not a dunker anymore, and uh, that's a guy that could definitely get their eyes on. And then a guy like Miles Bridges, too, is just a, so, such a well-rounded player that would help you in so many facets. So, I mean, uh, the Knicks fans would love this team to pull the trigger on a few different guys, but it's the Knicks. So we'll, we'll, we'll be cautiously optimistic with the Knicks. I, my dad is a Knicks fan, and it's uh, he's he's put some some wear on the tires of being a Knicks fan over the years. Let me ask you about the uh, Clippers, who, uh, with the acquisition of John Wall, are now the mm. fa- the betting favorite to win the NBA title. And I know it's all about perception, and you know you hope that Kawhi's healthy, and 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 you got PG and Pat Bev and and Zubats, yep. and now John Wall, but. I mean, are we really are we really buying this team as the favorite to win the NBA title? Yeah, well, when the odds when the odds came out um, for next season before the NBA Finals had finished up, the Clippers were still getting plenty of respect just based on having Kawhi and and Paul George there, um, and I think they were like the third overall favorite. So still, still they were high up on the board. It's not like they they came out of nowhere. Um, but you look at a guy like. Uh, John Wall, who hasn't played in a game since spring of last year. And he was a guy that thrived on explosiveness, but a guy who's also injury prone. And then you've got PG and you've got Kawhi. Like we, we were talking uh, amongst ourselves in the covers group and we were saying, like, what's the over under on games played with all three of those guys on the floor? We were like 15, 15 and a half, maybe. A great, a great 2K. NBA video game team, but uh, 
whether they can keep all those guys healthy at once and then have them healthy for a playoff push is a completely different story. Jason, appreciate the time and the insight as always, and uh, hope to catch up with you again soon. Oh, absolutely. Thanks for having me on, Scott. He's Jason Logan from Covers, uh, and I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. We'll get back into a little bit more football conversation coming up, and then Chris Landry will join me, a football scout coach and consultant, about uh, you know 15 minutes or so from now. We'll talk about uh, you know some, some more football topics with Chris. This is The Look Ahead here on VC, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.